Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on from Phoenix, it's Cofield and Company. Willie Ramirez helping out back in Las Vegas. Willie's back in in just a couple. Adam Hill is actually bouncing around Radio Row. Another member of the company is actually going to sit down right now as we're going to be joined by some special guests here in about a minute. Good stuff today. Dominic Raiola, or Raiola, former Lions offensive lineman. Why is he on? Well, his son is one of the top quarterback recruits in the country in the next couple of years, so we're going to talk a little college football and the craziness that's going on with NIL. This hour and every hour down here is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas and Spearmint Rhino. Subaru of Las Vegas uh, right now running a, a great special on uh, leases right now. WRX all-wheel drive sports car three forty-nine a month. All right, three thousand do it signing. So uh, look them up or go to the dealership Subaru of Las Vegas. So every year we get a chance to talk weed and cannabis and it's a subject that we like especially for pain tolerance and pain management and when it comes to nfl players man these guys go through a lot kyle turley is sitting down with us along with jim mcmahon good to see you guys again so all right the fight against the nfl what's the latest that we're here again man just continuing to carry the flag for cannabis uh you know saved our lives it's given us the opportunity to keep doing this with you guys and uh unfortunately we have to keep you know, yelling about it for, you know, the reasons that are that shouldn't be out there and that we've uh. got to stop testing. You know, that's our mission today is to get the NFL to stop testing, period. You know, we're having this great experience out here. So where are we, Jim, with the testing? What's the deal? Well, I think we're making some progress. You know, we're, we're still trying to, like Kyle said, get them to just eliminate testing altogether. Uh, you know, but they're still... They're, they're just so free to hand out pills all the time. They, 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 and that's what it is. They think, that's the answer. they think that's the answer to everything is these pills. And that's it's just all they do is mask pain. They don't do anything for your body, whereas cannabis actually helps you heal. It's a the only patented neuroprotectant in the world. It's an anti-inflammatory. It helps so many afflictions that people have and uh, with no side effects. Every time there's a new CBA, I feel like this is the time. It's not. It's They're going to take testing out. This is the right. time. This yeah. is the time. Have we had the discussions? Are we even close to doing that? Yeah, I mean, that was what the discussion was. They had me come talk to them. A couple other different big companies came. I submitted through my company. I started that CBD deal years ago. And uh, they put this thing out in the media, said we can be a part of this meeting if we you know, submit this whole application and go through this process. I, I did everything to the T and then got the invite, and I was the spokesman. I surprised them. They didn't know I was coming. <laughs> a person from you know the, the company's coming. And it, they and understand it was my company. And so I gave this full PowerPoint presentation to the NFL at the top of the Marriott Hotel in Marina Del Rey outside Los Angeles and their entire medical staff where they said at the end, I was right. They weren't going <laughs> to suspend players for using medicine, medicinal mar- or for marijuana anymore. Uh, but right before the season this year, they put in the new CBA that 150 nanograms is the limit. And if you test over that, they can take up to three games pay from you. They won't suspend you. But they're going to take up to three games pay if you test over that if they want to. You know, that's just absurd. Why? For who? For what? What are you doing that for? For who? Who's twisting your arm to do that? You know, we're the, we're the example here of how this is going, and you guys should listen. Who, who is? Exactly. Do we, know who, do we know who's standing in the way of that happening? 
I don't have no idea. You know, it's a simple Big thing. Big Pharma, just, I think. Yeah, just stop yes. testing for cannabis, period. That's our mission today. So, what I mean, it feels like as it gets more and more legalized across the country, and obviously back in Nevada where we are, I believe Arizona, it's also, uh, yeah, it's yeah. also legal. Like, as we're, we're getting to a point where it's going to be legal everywhere, mm-hmm. doesn't the NFL just at that point have to say, all right, look, it's That's, legal I think they're waiting on that maybe. I don't know. Did they get rid of it in uh, mixed martial arts? Most sports leagues have. I mean, he covers a lot yeah. of USC. It's because uh, yeah. I mean that was ridiculous with the Diaz brothers. Like uh, guys oh, are going to smoke weed and they're you know use it for the positive. They changed it to basically you just can't be high in the cage. <laughs> That's, That's essentially good. the rule on marijuana. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're high yeah. on everything else. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, here's yeah. some painkillers. They've, uh, they've got some guys in the yeah. past. The uh, one of the best <laughs> fighters, John Jones, is back. His brother yeah. Chandler plays for the Raiders, and I don't know what he test positive for coke, but it was it was. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. during, right? They know. weren't supposed no. to test him either, right? Yeah, it was it was supposed a, to be part of the test. It wasn't supposed him. to be part of the test, and they found it, and the, then they suspended him anyway, even though they weren't supposed to test for it. So, like, there, there is all these different loopholes and craziness. Is there, like, do you guys at least feel when you're having these conversations that we're making, like, people are more receptive, right? I mean, or we're at least at that point where we're getting closer. Well, Kyle's the one that has, has dealt with the NFL and sure. the NFLPA in front of them. Speaking about this, so he, he would know better than me. But the public, I mean, the public's accepted this. Yeah. You know, if that's what you're getting at, everybody, yeah, everybody's ready for this to be over with. I think that's a consensus. <laughs> like masks. Like, Get rid know, of the like, masks. How many people out there listening to your show right now would would, would not want to be tested for marijuana <laughs> at their job? Oh, in Vegas? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even believe it's an issue. I really, because we're so used to it now. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I, I can't believe other states still have restrictions. And look at the problems we have from all the opiates and the alcohol and everything. Yeah. You know, wouldn't you want the statistics of recreational states that show more work participation, less sick days taken, people are energetic and motivated to live this life instead of just being a bunch of zombies, you know? So, you know, who, for who, for what are you doing this? It makes no sense. It's, it's hard to even, like, I, I think as me and Steve are kind of looking at each other, like, how do you even, what do you even ask? Like, I think we're so far beyond acceptance but what what do you hear? Does whenever anybody does fight back or have any response, what is the what is the counter argument? There, there is none. <laughs> yeah, it's right? just their way or the highway. Right. Yeah. You got the governor of uh, Nebraska out here still saying it kills kids. Mm-hmm. It hasn't killed a soul in the history of the world, and he's out here still saying in 2023 that it kills kids. Or it's a gateway drug. Yeah. yeah. This we we consider we, consi- drug we consider this the exit drug because this gets you off all the stuff that you're on that you don't need that doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. There's no argument. Nothing none, none yeah. good at all. Cal Turley, Jim McMahon. Want to talk a little uh, NFL before we get back to what's going on with uh, Revenant? It's at revenantmj.com. Uh, first of all, it looks like your Saints. Adam, we got an update on this. Might yeah. be getting Derek Carr. Is that right? They're, they had a uh, interesting. They had a window here. Raiders gave permission to speak to him. Apparently, compensation has been agreed to on the on the trade end of things. Hmm. What do you think of Derek Carr in New Orleans? That'll be an interesting uh, thing to have happen there. I mean, he's a great quarterback. He's got all the talent in the world. You know, you just wonder what what's going on there in uh, you know in Vegas with him. So. Uh, Another opportunity for him is definitely deserve it. You know, I mean, like his brother, you know, he's at that stage in his career where he's got to either step up and do something with it. You know, I mean, I think maybe New Orleans could be the something different can be the change that could catalyst him. But we'll see. What do you think of Carr? I don't follow football that you don't. much. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well, I'll, but I'll, I'll, I, know, I, I know the name. I can loop you in here. So Derek Carr was you know, pretty consistent with his numbers, pretty good quarterback. 
Josh McDaniels comes in, right? And apparently Josh's offense was so complicated. And Derek Carr, you know, he's a really smart guy that they were still struggling meshing. Did you did you have any point in your career as a quarterback where you're like, all right, what are, what are we doing here from the OC and the coach? Can we, can we just run what I want to run? That was pretty much everywhere I was at. <laughs> <laughs> other, than Mike, other, one. other than Mike Holmgren in Green Bay. I mean, Mike, Mike had a very structured uh, way of doing things, but uh, everywhere else I wish I could have... Well, I, I basically did what I wanted anyway. I dealt, I dealt it was with a it. Different time. I dealt with it when I got to the sideline, but <laughs> it was usually after we scored. So what are they going to say? Exactly. So clearly, you're paying attention though that the uh, Super Bowl has the Eagles in it against yeah. the Chiefs, and you had your experience in Philly. What was your experience like? Uh, I had 91 was fun because I got to play in 91. Yeah. Uh, and I, we should have won it all in 91. I, I believe we finished 10 and six and didn't go to the playoffs. But nobody wanted to play us, that's for sure, with that defense that we had. But uh, Andy Reid's a good buddy of mine. He was my tackle in college. I've known Andy forever, so I always like right. to, to root for him. Uh, but I played in Philly for three years. I know those fans, if I pick KC, they're going to be all over me next time I get to Philly. <laughs> I'm going to stay on the fence here. I just hope it's a hell of a game. I think it's going to be the, one of the more competitive Super Bowls that we've had in a while. you got to stick with Andy. I gotta no, find sorry, was, out. was yeah, Andy please. Reed funny in college? <laughs> oh, Andy Reed's always been a funny guy. Uh, <laughs> he was a lot lighter then, though. He was only, two, he was only 270 in was college. He? I saw a video of him when he was in high school. Well, the the punt-passing kick yeah, competition. That was when he was, he was like 12. Yeah. Yeah. He, he stopped growing at there was his future. He was, <laughs> but then when he got to Philly, he got up to about 400 pounds, you know. And I, I, I was actually in Philly. Uh, I actually had about a three-hour layover. So I, I got in a cab, went over to their facility. And Andy was sitting up in his office, you know, 400-something pounds of him. Right? And his office was right above their cafeteria. And he would make the secretary go down and get him food. I said, why well, at least get your fat ass that up walk. and go down there yourself? <laughs> I said, I wish you were this big in college. It would have taken three more seconds to get around you. <laughs> and then the ball would have been gone by then. Yeah. Jim, do you have any connection now to UN, uh, not UNLV, BYU? Do you have any connection to BYU? Yeah, uh, okay. old teammate of mine, Tommy Homo, is still their there uh, AD. Sure. And uh, I graduated from there eight years ago. So I went back and get, got my degree. And uh, so I, I, every once in a while, I'll be back in Provo and stop by and see, see everybody. Were you actually born in Provo? I was. Bro, Pro, Provo Park Hotel. Hotel. Provo <laughs> Park Hotel. Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Provo Park Hospital. Me and uh, Kevin Dyson. Okay. Wow. Of all people. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Dyson <laughs> played at Utah. Wide receiver. Same class. And uh, we're down at the College Football Awards and uh, uh, or in the Senior Bowl together. And then all that. And then uh, we realized we're, we're born in the same hospital like a month apart. That's yeah, crazy. You know, it's funny just to go back to the Eagles for a second. We're doing so many interviews today, and I'm getting old, and I'm, you know, I don't remember things like. But we had Mike Golick on earlier, and he said the same exact thing that you did about '91 with the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, we had like, a, we, we were had a, awesome. We had a good football team, other than our offense. You know, we had a we had. You got to have a good five guys up front. I don't really yeah. care who my receivers are, my backs, but if you ain't got five guys up front, they're going to fight for you. You're not going to win. And I feel like Buddy Ryan and, and Buddy the didn't care. He didn't care, yeah. and they never they never really invested in the running back position. Neither did the Bengals. Well, Buddy, Buddy used to say, oh, any fat ass can play offensive line. That was his That was well. his thing. <laughs> but you don't, you don't see yeah, too yeah. much fat there. No, I was going to say, yeah. Kyle, Kyle's well, not a fat ass. That changed. Um, Chiefs. Yes, so, sir. so the, a lot of the analysis today has been 
uh, best player in the game against the best team. Is that the way you look at the Super Bowl, or the Chiefs like right there with the Eagles? Uh, you got two great quarterbacks. I mean, Hurts and, and Mahomes are the best in the, in the game. That's what ended up here, which is awesome. I think it's going to be a, a tremendous competition in that regard. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a special talent, and uh, this is it. And he's fought to be on that injury that he's had, you know, gimping around out there. He's he's going to go for everything out here this week, and uh, I'm excited to watch the game. I'm obviously rooting for my Chiefs. I played them the last two years of my career and uh, have a little finny for the for the Kansas City fan base and uh, that, that red, man. I'm hoping that it comes out on top. So we got a minute left. So tell us what's going on with Revenant, RevenantMJ.com, and now, you know, a, yeah. a nationwide effort. Yeah, a nationwide effort now. I mean, we started in California a couple years ago, blanketed the state, got some great partners there, uh, bought in some licensing. Now we're expanding uh, after being able to get into California. We're in Arizona, get our products here locally at the Mint, uh, dispensaries all over the valley, and then we're going to be everywhere. All the different states that we're uh, licensing in right now, Illinois, Missouri, Oklahoma, Nevada, uh, it's really coming along for us, and uh, we're going to continue that mission of, you know, putting, uh, presenting our brand and everything that we do as uh, what it's done for us. It's helped us give our lives back, and that's what people need to understand about this plan. Hopefully, the uh, there's different questions next year about getting everything done and getting this, getting rid yeah, of all the, all the yeah, testing. Hopefully, that would be great. But yeah, real quick, sure. before we let you go, Jim, how come nobody does cool music videos anymore around the Super Bowl? Right. Uh, they ain't got the balls. <laughs> <laughs> like big balls. He, he said he we would. did ours four four or five games before the season ended. So. A little bit bold. That's, that's a crazy yeah. fact. To know yeah. that the Super Bowl shuffle was recorded five games before the Super Bowl. That's how badass that team was. It was good, too. It holds up. I watched it again. It's great. I love it. It holds up. I love it. Well, we, a little different. We didn't have much rhythm, our boys. <laughs> <laughs> You got to watch the Rams one. That's hilarious. I love Ram it. Ram, Ram, Ram it. So, it's so Ram awesome. It. I mean, the double entendre. What are you doing? I know. It's so, it's good. so great. <laughs> it was awesome. Kyle, Jim, thank you so much. Thank hey, you. Thanks for helping. Appreciate helping. you. Welcome in Reno, Vegas, ESPN, Las Vegas, ESPN, Reno, Cofield and Company, as you heard it. Phoenix is the site. It's all brought to you by Spearman Rhino and Subaru of Las Vegas. Uh, one of the really cool spots we grabbed earlier in the day, cool for me because I'm really interested in college football. I know both markets are as well and what NIL is going to do to the sport. And there's a former NFL player and a former Nebraska lineman in Dominic Raiola who Guess he uh, passed on the good genes because his son Dylan is a top five quarterback in the 2025 class. Had already committed to Ohio State, decided to you know let me let me reopen things. And Dominic sat down with us just a little while ago, and we actually started talking about the Lions and the fact that uh, Adam Hill is a Lions fan. But we pointed out you know the, the Lions were kind of downtrodden, but you know at least the fans and you guys all get to uh, play on Thanksgiving, right? So I do know your pain, and uh, I'll still say you're a Lions fan because uh, sure. every Thanksgiving we always had one national course, nationally televised game at least, and Thanksgiving was that day, and they would come and they would rock. So, um, yeah, I, they're 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 loyal and uh, they're they're on the right track though. I think they're on they're on the uptick. Yeah, uh, I'm interesting you mentioned the Thanksgiving game. I do want to ask you about that. Like, that is a cool experience. Is it, is it cool for a player every year to have that, you know, Thanksgiving? You have to give up your holiday a little bit, I guess, but is that a cool thing to have? You know, when you first, when I first got drafted there, 
it was it was another game. It was, but you, you then you start to appreciate that game, the magnitude of that game. You know, uh, there you know it is Thanksgiving. You're thankful for a lot of things, but to play on that day is pretty special. Dominic Raiola is what it's good. Yeah, is Dan Campbell going to get the time to make it happen there? I, I love what he's doing. Absolutely. Uh, we all see Dan, you know, on on Hard Knocks. That's really who Dan is. <laughs> that's that's just who he is. Um, I played with him for two years. He's a Parcells guy. Coach was Sean Payton, so he has good foundational values, and and he's instilling that in them. The hard thing is that season ended, and now they got to restart that thing. You know, yeah. that, that doesn't carry over. I'm sure they're wishing that that season kind of went on for a few more weeks. I feel I feel like he doesn't get credit for his brain. Like he's not. He, he's looked at as kind of the, the galoot guy. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah a but he's not. He's a smart guy. He's a meathead. Uh, he's a meathead. Yeah. I mean, uh, he'll tell you that. But <laughs> he is a smart guy because he put the time in and. And Dan played tight end for a long time in the NFL. And, you know, there, there's not a lot of dumb tight ends. <laughs> let's talk college football. Let's talk college football recruiting and college sports recruiting. You know, one of the big topics uh, last week was Jim Beheim kind of flipping out about NIL and where it's going. I mean, you're right in the center of this. Your son is an elite quarterback being heavily recruited. I can only imagine the phone calls and the letters and emails and however else they contact you that you're getting. You know, I was so against NIL when it came out, and then it just became part of the landscape, and you just have to adapt or you get left behind. And the kids nowadays, they should, they should if, if it's a part of it and it's legal now, why not get ahead in life? You know, don't make your decision about NIL, but whatever school you go to, it has to be built into, you know, the process. So I started pitching a couple of years ago, uh, very much fighting everyone on the show about college football getting more balanced because of NIL because I think different schools when it's above board can put together collectives and more people can come to the table and there's a perfect example here in Arizona right I mean it's a weird story Jaden Rashada potentially getting like 13 million dollars from the Florida collective they backed out and he's like yeah. no I'm out he had committed to Miami mm -hmm. now he lands at Arizona State I mean and it's it's a lot of it's public information yeah. I, I think that's a little better than freaking you know Eric Dickerson getting a Trans Am from Texas A&M and, yeah. and telling him now, maybe not publicly at the time, but it's come out like, oh, I'm keeping the car, but I'm yeah. going to SMU. Yeah, it's you know it's unfortunate that it is public uh, because I think these ten, these things, uh, the NIL in the NIL world, should be behind closed doors. It, it should not be talked about. The last thing you want, could you imagine if that kid did go to Florida and everybody knew how much he was making? What are you thinking when you're in the locker room, right? When you're yep. not, when you're a scholarship guy and you might be making a hundred grand. What's, what, and this guy's making 290 a month. So to me, it's a, it's a good thing if it's handled correctly. Um, and, and you know what? You use it to, to further your team, put some money in the bank when you leave college, you know, because everybody's going to be an NFL player until they're not. Right. So as you go through this process, I mean, obviously it's different. We don't have a whole lot of information. It's only a couple years old. So how do you, you kind of counsel your son about, hey, look, the offers are, could be bigger someplace, but maybe it's a better fit for you somewhere else. Like, how do you kind of balance that? Well, first, you don't, you don't even talk about it. First, you got to find the, the relationships that you, the, that you have the best with, um, the schools, and, uh, and then you go from there. Um, but the, the last piece of it is NIL. You don't go to a place, I don't think you can say, all right, here's my top three, and then go have somebody shop the deal around. I think that's not the way to do it. I think you got to pick or say, all right, well, I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to make it work because, you know, NIL money, you say what you want. It's short money. 
the long money is when you go play, when you go get drafted in the first round, right? That's everybody's dream and hope and dream. Um, so having said that, there is a space for it to get ahead in life a little bit for these kids. I think if it's handled properly, it doesn't have to divide a locker room like the Texas A&M thing, right? That their whole locker room was was get all these freshmen were getting paid. Now they had the best recruiting class in the country. Now eight guys leave, so it it can be used to divide a locker room too. Your son Dylan is 20, 24, or 25, 24, 24. Yep. All right. Well, how do you handle the legacy part of it? Because obviously Nebraska people are going to be looking at you, going, Dominic, yeah. what's up, bro? Well, it's, send the kid here. First and foremost, it's his decision, um, and. and I know it sounds cliche, but I'm not. If he if he doesn't have a connection there, you know, in Lincoln, then I can't really stand on the table and say you're going to Lincoln, um, because when there's no football in February, it's 35 out, <laughs> and you got to go to class, you got to wake up at 5 a.m. for morning workouts, you know, you gotta you gotta go to the place where you you, you best feel as comfortable, uh, you know, if, as a person first, because. No matter how much NIL money there is, no matter how much you know how much development there is, you got to be happy as a person first. Let me picture this: right down the road from Detroit, there there's go. a nice campus in Michigan Ann Arbor, guy. Michigan. Uh, I'm sure, it's a, lo- a decent football program. I think it's a good spot. Maybe just talk to him a little bit about how nice Michigan is. How the people are great. That'd be nice. So you're not a Lions fan, but you're a Michigan fan. I'm from Ann Arbor. Okay. So yeah, fair enough. By, by the way, he graduated but, yeah. from UNLV. So, <laughs> so yeah. I'm from okay. Ann Arbor. So he likes to see UNLV yeah. do well, but when sure. we talk about his team on the air, it's Michigan. He lights up. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So Jeff Backus was my, we just got drafted sure. the same year. And sure. being a Michigan guy, I'm sure you know sure. who that is. Sure. But yeah, they have a great thing going. Um, and it's, you know, it's a it's an open race right now. It, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, we didn't condense anything down. He, he didn't condense it down. So, Nebraska in the Big Ten, just to go back to that well. What do you think's happened? Well, why hasn't it worked at the highest level? I think I think uh, I think anybody who's involved in a leadership role has to take responsibility um, because you're the one building the program, you're the one recruiting the kids. I don't, I, I, I disagree with. Yeah, at first I was like, well, no, we're a Big Twelve program. But they went to the Big Ten. It is what it is. You don't fall off that fast. You know, you don't fall off that fast if it's not, if the leadership, don't, they don't take, take you got to take the onus, right? And, and I'm sure Matt Rule is going to do a good job of, that's what he's doing. He's building it yeah. from the ground up. Yeah, if you have multiple coaches um, have a tough time, yeah. then it's not just the coaches. If it's consistent over yeah. years, then it's the school, it's the people above them. Yep. And they've got to be more. They've got to be more patient with certain, you know, certain coaches. I mean, you're bailing on coaches very quickly, and the buyout thing is just outrageous. The, the amount of money it to is. send guys packing. It is, but they're not. But these coaches aren't going to other programs. They're getting fired. You know what I mean? That's a, That's a problem. And uh, you know, I think Trev Alberts has a good handle on everything right now. Um, he's he's a Nebraska guy. He, he, he his blood, sweat, and tears is in those bricks in that building, and so. Um, He's going to make sure that that thing's, you know. And, and he's, he's running it. It's not, it's not a collective because this is what's happening at a lot of schools. All of a sudden, the collective has more power than the freaking president and the AD. No, sir. Everything is run through Trev from what I understand. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think Trev would be taking that job if he was, uh, if, if he was uh, doing it any other way. Last one. The game coming up. What do you think? What's going to happen? Well, I like Philly's uh, D-line. I like Philly's O-line. 
Um, I think Kansas City's got a got a good O line. Um, Kansas City's been there before, but the X factor I think is going to be the best player on the planet, and now the toughest player on the planet, playing through what he played through. Um, the wow. modern day, you know, he's he's the Michael Jordan of our game, right? He's Patrick Mahomes, and I think um, as much as you get to him, he's gonna, he's going to extend plays. That's just who he is and what he does. Um, I don't I don't know if there's a you know, I don't know if there's if this defense is is going to be able to stop him. I, I I think I think he's he's the X factor. There he is, Dominic Riola, 14 years in the National Football League, played at Nebraska, and he has spawned Willie Ramirez, one of the great quarterbacks in the country. Uh, his decision is due in a couple of years. Dom, or Dylan Riola playing right here in Arizona, top-rated quarterback, and what a decision to make, and so many options because who knows what NAL will be like in a year and a half. Well, yeah, especially with what we've seen in the past two years. Um, you know, the kid that was going to uh, that had a million dollars set before he even threw his a pass in his senior year of high school. Um, so it, there's no telling, and, and it's it's such an incredible dynamic. I, I think it's fascinating uh, across the sport. You know, from from basketball to football, and then eventually to women's basketball because. Um, it, it 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 certainly gives them an incentive to to stay at school, stay in school, and learn a little bit more, get a little stronger, get a little bigger in every sport that they're in, and um, at the same time, make a decent living. So um, at that age, it's it's not too shabby. Kofi and Company, this hour, Reno and Vegas, brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Seven six six fourteen hundred is the number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Offices in Reno, Las Vegas, and Henderson. Coming up, give you a quick story. I don't think Rich Eisen likes me. That makes me sad. And we did have Michael Irvin booked for a spot this week. I don't think that's going to happen. What a bummer. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Willie, everything's going well here. Halfway through the show. Making friends, seeing old friends, making enemies. I, mean, I don't know. It was a weird one. No one else saw it. It was uh, it was bizarre. Uh, a little while ago, um, there's this dude who does. He's not a dude. He's a kid, young Dylan, who's like bigger than we'll ever be already. He does the uh, Nickelodeon stuff. Yeah. And apparently, he's you know super talented singer as well. And at the same time that young Dylan was coming over to speak with us, Rich Eisen was booked. You know, Rich is a pretty big media character. And young Dylan and his people were blocking the way. So I walked up almost like security to Rich Eisen. I was like, sorry, but you're going to have to wait until young Dylan has cleared out. And he looked at me like in a complete fog. And then I said, I'm kidding. You're on this show right behind us. And then I held my hand out for a handshake. And I said, coming here, I'm not shaking hands. And I did it again. And then he snubbed me like three times handshake. And finally I was like, bruh, handshake. Not gonna get snubbed, and then he just moved on. And he did shake my hand, so his hand was very his hand was very supple, not extremely large. Did not power shake me, so it worked out well. You're a very snarky guy, and he didn't get it. Sar- didn't my sarcasm did not go over well. I have told others like You're I even told wearing a sports blazer today, and I mean, yeah, I know. I'm I'm trying to soften my look. Um, when Kyle Turley sat down with us, he 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 shook my hand at the start, and then after, I'm like, that's it, bro. Fist. Okay, I'm not getting power shake by these six five monsters. Enough. 
Maybe uh, maybe if maybe if you had groomed your uh, your your beard a little better. Um, it's not badly groomed. I actually took Justin Watkins' advice and tried to trim some lines into it, but it's not dark enough that you can see the lines anyway. And he did get on me for having the mustache hairs over the lip into my mouth. Yes, you can't so, do that. So That's, I did get rid no. of that. Um, I'm trying. Um, we're going to have to have some crosstalk maybe on Friday because I, apparently Damon was getting crap from Q over on Raider Nation Radio for having his nails done. You are the king of having the manicures. Yep, look at you. Their nails are beautiful. Yep. They're beautiful. They're shining. So we'll have to get into that. Um, you know who's a man of style who I really wanted to get on? He was coming over to our set, I think, on Friday. I blank you not, Michael Irvin was supposed to come over here. Oh, man. And, I, to- and he, I told he, you. He ain't coming. Yeah, no, he's not coming. And I told you last week, I believe, right. um, that I had talked with Michael. He was here in Las Vegas a few years ago. And he knew who Dorian Thompson Robinson was, and he was watching a game in which Tate Martell was still the star of Gorman. He looked down and he goes, "Isn't the wide receiver like a really good quarterback? He might be better than." So yeah, you missed out on you missed out on your chance, and I don't know whose fault that is. Well, it's his fault, well, or or the woman lobbing the allegation at him. Yeah, so this exactly. allegation was what he got back to his hotel after throwing down some pops, and apparently he said something inappropriate or maybe an inappropriate proposition, and he claims to not know what he said. That's I mean, the, and, by, and by the way, this already got to the NFL Network, and they're like, go home. Go home. Yeah, he, he did say, so he said, I had a few drinks to tell you the truth, and then uh, he said he didn't know the woman. There was no sexual wrongdoing. Sunday night when I came into the hotel, they asked what I did. I said I just went straight to the room. But I guess I had met somebody in the lobby, talked to somebody in the lobby for about a minute. Then I went to my room. And then after I got up there, they said they had to move me in the hotel. I said I didn't talk to anybody. I went straight to the room. And then they showed it on camera that I did talk to somebody. I talked to this girl for about a minute. I don't know what. They didn't show it to me. They told it to me. I didn't see it. I guess the girl said something to her within that minute that we talked, so they moved me. Um, the whole the problem with this whole dialogue is that he didn't even remember that he spoke to somebody. So had a few drinks. I don't know. Had a few drinks means you can't remember what you did. It's all on camera. So I guess it come, boils down to what that one-minute conversation consisted of. Bad, man. You get in trouble Super Bowl week. And we've seen this happen before with TV personalities. And he was kind of making a good comeback. You know, a big part of what NFL Network does and also on ESPN with uh, SAS. That's a, a freaking bummer. Justin Watkins, our legal insider, voice of reason. He's on the way here on Super Bowl Row. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Willie! All right, Willie's here. It's Cofield. Willie's in Vegas in the Finley Soda Studios. Cofield, Radio Row, not Super Row. Radio Row. Making friends down here. Just uh, mentioned that Rich Eisen wouldn't shake my hand. Um, Justin Watkins is on board. Justin, you know how we roll. Always making friends. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm surprised he didn't shake your hand. You're such uh, a he, friendly guy and approachable. I, I know. Well, Oh, me or him? 
Um, Hit you. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he got distracted. I think he was like he had a singular focus, and my hand was like down by his junk. I had, I had the hand too low. I should have had it higher. Um, the other thing that's uh, happening, uh, we got to pull the sound, um, and this could be defamatory, so we'll have to check out, check back in with you. Is uh, Pat McAfee and his uh, sportsbook sponsor are all pissed at our set because they had this giant stage, and we've basically blocked the view of his stage with massive pop-up banners. And apparently he was uh, he was shouting us out in a negative way. So we could have – I might have to call you tomorrow. We could have some legal issues to get into. Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm that's on, I'm on retainer for, for the, your remote that, legal needs. <laughs> you're on retainer. Yeah, I mean, Willie's used you before, right, Willie? You've, you've leaned on Justin for legal advice. Yep. <clears throat> Best yep. in the business. Even, I, if, even if it's yep. not his expertise, he's got the answer at least. Yep, he can point you in the right direction. Yep. Okay, so – and this one, it's a weird one, but uh, Jim Beheim, the Syracuse coach – last week mentioned that Pitt, Miami, and Wake Forest bought their teams. We've been through this before on the whole NIL thing. Could anyone have a case, the school, the coaches, most importantly, the players, that he didn't name by name, but, I mean, it's defamatory, but is there enough there to actually file suit? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's vague enough. Um, You know, I I, I think it is – potentially actionable and a court wouldn't throw it out uh, upon filing i just don't know how likelihood like how likely it is that he would succeed because it's such a vague term they bought a team um i don't even know what that means i think he means nil but i'm not sure that he means nil um and i think that um if if that's what he's referring to then there's nothing there's nothing. There's no negative connotation to that necessarily. So there's no real damages to the reputation. Well, speaking of buying teams, Justin, um, I'm going to be on. Uh, by the way, I'm going to be on local TV channel 13 discussing this next one. If this doesn't have the Sopranos <laughs> ringing Uh-oh. all over it, when it comes to no show jobs, we heard that phrase through in in throughout the sh- the show, the Sopranos, a no show job. Las Vegas Aces are. Under investigation by the WNBA, or actually, I'm not sure uh, that allegedly, uh, I know that they're under investigation by the WNBA for the Dierica Hamby comments, but apparently there's another story by the Next Hoops that's saying they're, uh, they're also under investigation for making under-the-table payment offers where a high-up individual would tell the player's agent, you're going to receive a call from somebody for a negligible job, which basically means they're going to get a paycheck for doing nothing. Yeah, this is some dicey stuff here, you know? I mean, hey, Vegas, right? So we've got to live up to the reputation that we've established over the course of, you know, 100 years as a city. Yes, but yes, I agree yes. with you. It's just like... It's just so perfectly framed for for Vegas, and then having a sports team to really, you know, they finally win a championship. We get a pro sports championship, and and now we have these kind of allegations around there, which is obviously in violation of the collective bargaining agreement, in violation of league rules. So, uh, you know, if they got the goods on them, uh, I think we're going to see some pretty stiff penalties, especially because, you know, I'm sure there is a little bit of jealousy amongst the teams of the league right. um, about how they've been able to field this current team and all the stars they've gotten. Okay, so the next question is, let's say they find this to be true and the under-the-table payments are straight cash envelopes or whatever, or a check, however it is, working for these negligible jobs. Uh, 
the teams could be in trouble, but the players, when it comes to the IRS, hello. Yes. Well, the teams and the players could both be in saying, trouble yeah. with the IRS. Yeah. Right? Uh, whoever's issuing the payment and whoever's receiving the payment, there's two reporting there, right? Like the yeah. the, the one who's giving the payment needs to report it, yeah. and the one who's receiving it needs to, to report it. And if they're not co- correctly reporting those payments, then then we have our IRS issues. And as we all know, that can be worse. <laughs> that can be worse than 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 more normal crimes, right? Like that's how they got Al Capone. That's how they get a lot of people is on tax fraud. This could be the biggest envelope handoff since Stripgate with Gallardi and Jaguars and Cheetahs and the County Commission. There you go. <laughs> wow, that's a good reference. I totally forgot about that one. Yes, yes. Well, some of us who worked a lot around cheetahs have not. Not that I was around then, but after, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I always I heard was. about that. Yeah, yeah. you are. You are. Uh, Justin Watkins, Battlemore Injury Lawyer, 766-1400. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Offices in Henderson and Reno and Las Vegas. So last week we had a story come and go really quickly. Joe Mixon had a warrant out for aggravated menacing, and then two days later they're like, nope, uh, dismissing this for now, I think. It sounds like a story where they didn't have enough information. Apparently it was a road rage where he threatened someone and might have threatened him with a gun, right? Yeah, so it's uh, you know, what this screams to me is that the alleged victim is recanting the story. There's no other independent proof, uh, I think at this point, other than the word of the potential victim that this happened. And so while they had that story, they were willing to go forward with charges. And now if the victim's willing to recant and the judge confirmed with the victim, you're okay with me dismissing this, and the victim agreed. So, um, you know, there has to be something along the lines of the victim changing their story, recanting, or saying, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't a gun. I'm not sure if it was a gun or not. Well, that changes everything um, as far as the charges go. So they're going to have to, they need to either locate some verifiable evidence, other people who witnessed it who are willing to come forward, or they probably don't have a case they can move forward with. Speaking of pointing a gun, can you be criminally charged for pointing lasers? Because now, well, apparently the investigation's over, but the, the John Morant, Indiana Pacer situation. This is interesting. Yeah, I mean, we have an investigation going on because of an interaction with the Pacers, and what they're saying is that you know Morant was and his entourage were very aggressive, um, sort of over the top, and as part of this interaction, point you know there were some lasers being pointed at them, you know, presumably to make them think that there was guns sighted on them. That's that's my reading, and I think that's what most people think that was going on. And so can that be a criminal act? And the answer is yes, I think it could be. If your actions put somebody else in a reasonable apprehension of immediate harm and you intentionally do so, then that's assault. That's criminal assault. So, yeah, I think if that's what's happening and that was the intent of Morant or his entourage, um, and that is what they understood um, the threat to be, then yes, there can be criminal charges for something like this. Justin Watkins, battle-worn injury lawyers. Uh, remind me again and the audience of your background with trademarks. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we always well, have a trademark you know, story, when, and then you're like, well, I'm, I'm kind of an expert, but not. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, my undergraduate degree is in engineering, and when you go to law school as an engineer, they're like, perfect, you're going to be a trademark and patent lawyer, because only <laughs> yeah. people who have engineering or hard science degrees are allowed to do this area of law, and I was like, awesome, I'll do it. So I studied it, worked for a law firm uh, during my law school year, and realized I want nothing to do with this area of law as a, as a career. It is interesting in little spurts, and then it is dreadfully boring for extended periods of time. <laughs> okay, I, well, I have an exciting story here, but I think yes. it's going to be a big no. But Angel Reese, basketball player at LSU, she's known as Bayou Barbie. Just yep. filed a trademark. She's got a clothing line, Bayou Barbie. Any shot? Any shot at her getting the trademark? No. no. I don't think no. so. Uh, and, and, and the reason is it, it could, that answer could vary depending on who the original trademark holder is. So when, when you file for a trademark and you are awarded a trademark, you have the obligation to make sure that the market, marketplace is not appropriating your trademark. If the marketplace is, if somebody's using it, something – the, the actual trademark or something very similar to it, and you don't sue them, then the government and, and the courts deem you to have waived your rights. So you have to be very aggressive about protecting your trademark. And Mattel is very aggressive about protecting the Barbie trademark. There are no other trademarks out there that you'll see where, where it has a Barbie like that, where it's actually being sold. And so they will absolutely sue her. I mean, we'll just, they'll tell her to withdraw it first. But if she does not withdraw the application, they absolutely will sue her, and they will take her to court. So, that, so on the counterpoint of that, like one of the great examples that you learn about in law school when you're studying this kind of stuff is thermos. Everybody you know, calls everything a thermos. Well, that was the original brand of the vacuum-insulated container. That's what those are actually called. And because they didn't sue everybody that started using the name Thermos, it became a general term, and they oh, lost wow. their trademark rights. So the actual Thermos company gets the little registered trademark circle, the little R circle, and everybody else is allowed to use the generic term Thermos. Interesting. I had some follow-up questions, but I'm going to skip them. Um, I want to get to uh, yeah. my brain locked up. Justin Watkins with us. I want to get to your betting on the Super Bowl because we know you like to bet. Um, I have Kenny Main coming up, and Kenny's working with Caesars and the Caesars app, and they had some props that I wanted to mention. Okay. Uh, one, Kenny's got his own prop. It is, will a quarterback throw a 60-plus yard touchdown pass? The yes is plus 320. The no is minus 420. Here's the thing. Um, Caesars tells me they got crushed on the prop last year that Kenny came up with, same one, because that's actually the number. Uh, Kenny Main, his longest touchdown pass at UNLV was 59 yards. So, would you play this? Would you play the no? There is no Tyreek Hill. I, I would not. I mean, I think it's a no, but I don't, I don't like that number. You know, that's, that's too steep of a number for me to play. You know, I, I, I'm more of a – I like to search for the, for the value picks. And, and, and to be honest with you, I'm such a, a novice better that I like the underdogs. I like the plus money. Let me find another juicy one. Let's go with a prop, a classic. Will the game go to overtime? No. Yes, plus 900. Plus 900 is, is the yes? Yes. Oh, I like that number, though. I, I do like <laughs> that number. Of course, everyone does. It's a lottery ticket. 
Yeah, well, that's why I'm a sucker. That's why I'm a square, man. Yeah, me I, too. I, don't know. I love the plus money. Over under Kelsey, 78 and a half yards. Mm, what's, what's, what's our numbers? Uh, just one, 115, 110 both ways. Oh, okay. So I'll say. Well, I don't like I'm this. Too much oh, thinking. That's not a good bet. You're out. You're out. If you have to think about it too no. long. Under, okay. under, under. All right. Under. For uh, Willie and Justin to close things out here, let's go hardcore. Dallas Goddard over under 40 and a half uh, receiving yards. What do you think, guys? Tight ends? Big day for the Eagles? <clears throat> I would go over. Over. Oh, both go over. Yeah. How come, it's, Justin? It, it's it's – Hertz is not a downfield guy. He's he's. It's all about the dink and dunk. It's all about the run game. It's all about using his legs. It's you know. It's he's going to be looking to dump passes off. I like that over. Yeah, you like and that. I always, in Super Bowls, you know, we always get some you know underutilized player during the year who who has a big game, and and I think he's as good as a pick as any. Justin, appreciate you doing it. We'll see. You.